Well, as I said, good morning. Um, my name is Josh Hart. Um, I serve as one of the elders here, so I know lots of you. Um, some of you I may not have met, but uh, that's who I am. Um, and this morning, we are going to continue our, uh, our lesson in this, or our series in the spiritual disciplines. Um, and this morning, specifically, what we're going to do is we're going to cover Bible intake. Um, so uh, this is the notes um, that you can follow along with. Um, that's what we're going to cover. I'm going to pray. And then we are going to jump right in. So let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be gathered together this morning. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that you have preserved it for us um, for all these years. And Father, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us in it, that we might know you. And so this morning, as we, as we contemplate what it means to take in of your word, uh, we pray that you would encourage us, that you would give us um, yeah, just great encouragement to engage your word um, at every opportunity, that we would learn from it. And Father, we pray that you would be glorified in us as we engage your word, as we grow and seek to grow in godliness. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So how many of you were here last week uh, to be able to hear the introduction? Great. Not many. Um, so I'll cover a little bit. So what we are going to be doing is we are going to be going through in the next uh, 13 weeks or so uh, a study of the spiritual disciplines. Um, and primarily what we're going to um, use as a basis, well, God's Word, of course. Um, there are a couple of books. I thought I'd talk about these real quick and commend them to you. The first is Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Don Whitney. Uh, has anybody read this book before? It's amazing. Um, I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this book. Um, it is very practical, very down-to-earth, very helpful in helping you to cultivate the spiritual disciplines in your life. And the other one is Habits of Grace by David Mathis. So very similar, um, very similar. Less practical, uh, more understanding, um, you know, how God's grace is um, evident in the spiritual disciplines and how we experience this grace through those. But I would highly commend both of those books to you. Um, they're going to serve as a bit of an outline for us, um, a jumping off point as we explore what God's Word has to say about how we should discipline ourselves for, um, for godliness. And last week, um, Ben Brophy mentioned um, the, basically the, the scriptural basis for what we're going to be talking about uh, for, um, yeah, for the remainder of our time, um, and that is in, it was written down as 1 Timothy 4, 7. I think that's not true. Yeah, no, that is... Yes, I don't have that. Um, Philippians chapter 2, um, verse 12 and 13 uh, is a good place I like to go to for this, um, where Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so what we talked about last week is that the spiritual disciplines are those practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's those things that we take, um, take up as actions to, to grow in godliness, it's those things that we find in Scripture. Um, it's one way that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, that we engage with God's word, that we seek to uh, participate with him in sanctification to grow in godliness. Um, and so what we're going to talk about today specifically is 
Bible intake. And if you're looking at the top of your notes, you might see this is Bible intake part one, right? So this, this is a, a lot to go through. There's a lot we can talk about as we think about Bible intake. Um, so we're actually going to break this up into two separate lessons. So this week in particular, we're going to talk about hearing God's word, reading God's word, and studying God's word. Um, and then next week, what we'll talk about is uh, meditating on God's word and memorizing God's word. And so I pray that uh, if you're able to make those, it'd be good, good lessons to, to join in as well. Um, before we uh, jump into that, I wanted to, um, wanted to read something to you guys. This, uh, uh, this past Friday night, our youth had their first youth gathering of the year. It was exciting. It was great to be there. Great to see everybody. Um, and part of those gatherings uh, includes some, some singing of, of, of worship songs to the Lord. And one of the songs that we sang was God Omniscient, God All-Knowing. So I'm going to read I'm going to read one of the verses here to you, um, and then I'm going to ask a few questions. So the verse 3 reads, God omnipotent and mighty, inexhaustible his strength, governments and fleeting powers melt before his majesty. How unsearchable his greatness, how inscrutable his ways, seeing his greatness and preeminence over all created things. As we were singing that song, it struck me that we're making some very bold claims about God, about his character, about who he is, about how he acts, about what's important to him. Um, and the question, the question that I begin to think about is, how do we know that? How do we know that God is omniscient? How do we know that he's omnipotent and mighty? How do we know that his greatness is unsearchable and inscrutable are his ways. So I would ask the same question to you. How do we know these things to be true? God's word tells us that it's true. Yes, it's not a trick question, I promise. There will be no trick questions this morning at, at all. Um, but yes, so God's word tells us that it's true. And, and, and where do we find that? In God's word, right? So in, in God's word, right? So this is, this is why it's extremely important for us to consider what it means to take in uh, the Bible. All right. Um, Don Whitney in his book uh, makes a statement that no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. Um, one of the, uh, there's a saying that, that I've heard before. It says that um, doxology without theology is idolatry. So in other words, the worship of God, if you don't know him, you, 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 are, you are inclined to worship a God of your own making, right? So how do we know who God is? How do we know how he should be worshiped? Well, we find that right here in the pages of scripture. And so it's vitally important that if we intend to worship God as he intends to be worshiped, um, that we are regularly coming before God's word to read it, to hear it, and to study it. All right, so what we're going to do is we'll, we'll start in, in terms of broad sweeping intakes. We'll talk about hearing God's word, um, and then we'll kind of focus on, on reading and what that looks like, and we'll talk about some, some ways that we can engage with God's word through the reading of his word, and then we'll talk about studying God's word. Um, so if you're, if you're looking at your outline, um, turn to or look at, at Roman numeral number two. So we're going to first talk about hearing God's word. And so... Hearing God's word is the easiest of the of the the disciplines of Bible intake to actually engage in. 
right? But if it's so easy, why is it considered a discipline? Why is it considered something that we have to apply effort toward? Um, as I was thinking about that question, I, I began to think that, you know, there are just so many other things happening in our lives that we are tempted to engage in other than hearing God's word. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to make sure that hearing God's word is not something that we do occasionally or, or that happens by accident. And so I'll share a quick story from my own life uh, to kind of illustrate this. Uh, when I was much younger, um, I was, uh, I, I think I'd been, I'd been in the Air Force for maybe a couple of years, and I was traveling home to see my family. And on the way back uh, on this road trip, um, this is back before like satellite radio and like streaming stuff. Um, so if you grew up in a world where that's always been the case, um, you live in a different world than I used to live in. Um, but we had the radio, right? And so if you've driven long distances and had to listen to the radio, you know the radio stations begin to fade and then you gotta like find something else. Um, so I had stopped to, uh, to get some gas and get something to eat and I was just kind of cruising through the radio and I came across a Bible teacher who was teaching about how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, I was like, wow, that's brilliant. I want, I want to listen to that. And then I heard for the very first time that it was not the, that money is the root of all kinds of evil, but the love of money was the root of all kinds of evil. And it was extremely edifying to me. But if I'm being honest with you, the regular diet of my Bible intake and hearing God's word was just like that. It just kind of happened by accident and by happenstance. And so that is the opposite of discipline. And so what I want us to hear this morning is that we should be training ourselves regularly to listen to God's word, to be in a place where we are going to hear God's word. And so the primary place where we are going to hear God's word, if you look at point A in your outline, is that we begin to discipline ourselves to hear God's word regularly by committing to attending a faithful Bible preaching church, a local church, um, where we will begin to hear God's word regularly. And so the people of God gathering together, just like today, just like we're all here, um, we're here to, to hear. I'm speaking this morning. We've heard other people uh, teach. Um, and then later on, we're going to hear Garrett preach um, from the pulpit. And so by regularly gathering together, we are um, being able to sit under this teaching. Uh, Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, um, Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And so it's important for us that we are regularly hearing God's word in order that we might grow in godliness. Um, something that I'd like to take a look at a few passages of scripture to kind of illustrate this. Um, James 1, 19 through 25. Can I have a volunteer uh, to read that out loud for us? James 1, 19 through 25. First one to get there, go for it. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Amen. Thank you. One of the things that I want to point out here from this passage in James is that we are commanded to hear from God's word and 
not only hear from it, but to do it, to keep it, to put it into practice. Verse 21, uh, which says, you know, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Right? So there's a purpose behind us hearing from God's word. Right? God's word is able to save our souls, and we are to receive that, and we are to do something about it. And then James would go on to say that, for us to just simply hear God's word and, and think, okay, great, those are, those are great things for me to know, and I'm going to store those away, um, and that's great, I can answer that on trivia or something like that. Um, that's useless, but rather we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only, so deceiving ourselves. Um, it's extremely important. Um, and so, yeah, so um, there is a purpose in the hearing that we would receive it, and that we would put it into practice. Uh, the next thing I just want to talk about is hearing, hearing God's word is necessary for salvation, okay? Um, so consider how each of us in this room, if you are a Christian this morning, consider how you came to know Christ. Surely we could point to someone in our own lives who shared the gospel with us. So maybe that was a, a parent or a grandparent, um, an aunt or an uncle. Uh, for me, I, I remember um, my aunt, uh, Jennifer, explaining to me the gospel and my need for Jesus to forgive me my sins and at that moment feeling that great conviction that I needed Christ. Um, and I remember that that was a, a sweet moment for me and I'm so grateful for her for sharing that to me. Um, but maybe it was a, a colleague or a friend. Um, maybe you met somebody in college, a college roommate or somebody at school. Um, whoever that was, someone spoke that word and we heard it and then we responded to it. Paul writes in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so, yes, there, there is a, you may have heard of general revelation. So what can be known about God through what we can see around us, right? Um, general revelation helps us to see that there is a God. And scripture would tell us in Romans 1 that, that we are without excuse as a result of this witness. But... Um, yeah, but apart from someone proclaiming to us the truth of the gospel, um, yeah, there, there's, no, there's no salvation, right? You can't go to visit the Grand Canyon and look out at its grandeur and, and know for a fact that there is a Savior who came to live the life that you could not live and die the death that you deserved, right? That comes through the preaching of the gospel. It comes through the word, Yes, and it is through that that we, that we turn from our sin and faith uh, in repentance, um, turning to Christ. So it's necessary for salvation. Uh, but hearing the word is not just necessary for salvation, but it's essential uh, for sanctification. Um, it is prescribed for the life of the church. On 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul charges Timothy to devote himself to the public reading and preaching of the scriptures. So it was expected this would be a normal part of the Christian life. Um, to take it in, and it has been this way since the beginning of the church. Acts 2.42 tells us that, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And so as you can see, that, that hearing the word of God is integral to the life of the church, and, and regularly submitting to the teaching of God's word was part of the regular life of the church. Um, and, and I wanted to make mention of something here real quick. So it's, it's, it, it's easy for us to think about hearing God's word and think, okay, what about, what about somebody who 
maybe has a disability who, who, um, who has a hearing impairment who can't hear? Uh, does that mean that they're missing out on, on something? Well, no, I, I think there are other ways that, that folks with, with disabilities can, can hear from God's Word. Praise God for those who are engaged in sign language ministry, where they can be regularly sitting before the preaching of God's Word and be able to hear that in a way. Um, and we'll talk a little bit, too, about reading, which is next. We'll talk about that reading God's Word. Um, but what I, I think what's, what's important to remember is that we are to be regularly submitting ourselves to the teaching of God's Word. And so one of the things that I would, I would say that if, if, we're, if you're inclined to neglect regularly hearing from God's word, if you're, if you're inclined to say, you know, this is not as necessary for me, I don't really need this, um, I, I would say that that says a little bit about, uh, about your heart posture, right? You know, so for the Christian to believe that it's unnecessary for them to be present to hear the word of God regularly is to make a bold claim um, to pridefulness and assuming that there's nothing left to learn from God's word. Just real quick, how many of you have read through the entire Bible before? Show of hands. Okay. All right. How many of you have read the same passage more than once and learned something new? Anybody? All right. So God's word is inexhaustible. And so as we think about this idea that assuming that there's nothing left to learn in God's word, um, that's foolishness. There is always something to learn from, from, from God's word, and we ought to regularly be submitting to it. Um, but hearing from God's word is not just reserved for Sunday morning sermons, okay? Um, in the last chapter of Luke's gospel, we found a few examples of conversations between Jesus and his disciples that I think illustrate this, um, illustrate this well. Uh, if I could get somebody to read Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27, and then also verse 32. So we're going to kind of read a few and then skip one. So Luke 24, 25 through 27. And then verse 32, whoever gets there first, go for it, Kevin. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Jesus, 25, 25 through 27, and then 32. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he has heard interpreted. Yeah, 32, they yeah. Said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to us on the road while we opened to us the scriptures? Amen. Thank you. Yeah, so this is a, uh, yeah, it's just like a well known story. Um, a lot of, you know, you've probably heard about the, the disciples on the way to Emmaus, and Jesus kind of comes along. They don't know it's Jesus, right? He comes along next to them, and they're talking about the events that have just happened. Um, the events of Jesus' uh, crucifixion and, and burial. And so, um, they're talking about these things. They're, they're kind of distraught about that. Um, they would even say that, you know, they, they thought that he was going to, um, yeah, that he, that he was going to, uh, yeah, come in to restore all things, but, but, but he's, he's passed and, and they can't find him. Um, and so Jesus is, is, is there with them. He's hearing their conversation. And he begins to explain to them um, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. Um, and, and it says, verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And verse 32 kind of shows how they responded to that. They asked the question, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And so the, the thing that I want us to, to see there is that 
hearing the word of God explained gave them uh, new faith and, and helped them to warm their affections for their Savior and that it brings life not only to those who, um, who are unconverted, but it fuels life for the converted as well. And so through hearing the word of God, these disciples were encouraged um, and we also should be encouraged as we hear, hear the word of God. And then if someone would take a look at Luke 24, 44, if you're going to have a volunteer to read that as well. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Amen. Um, I probably should have put um, verse 45 in there. He says, and then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Um, but this is another example where, where Jesus is with his disciples is right after this other event that we just talked about, um, where he is explaining to them, sharing God's word with them, and then opening their minds to understand the scriptures and helping them to, to, to understand things uh, more clearly um, and to, to be encouraged in that way. Um, and so hearing the word of God is, again, it's the easiest of the disciplines to engage in, but we do have to discipline ourselves for it. And so one of the ways that we can do that is to prepare to hear from God's word. If you're looking at your outline, that's letter D under point, point two. Uh, so we don't have the same uh, advantage of walking with, with Jesus physically, seeing him. We weren't, we, we weren't like the disciples. We couldn't have a conversation with him. Um, but we do have the privilege of sitting before the preaching of God's word with regularity. But is showing up enough, right? Is showing up and just listening enough? And are there ways that we can prepare? And so the first thing that we can do is we can prepare through prayer. Um, we can prepare through prayer. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about that spiritual discipline in the coming weeks. But, um, but one of the things that we can do is we can ask the Lord to give us ears to hear and hearts to believe the implanted word, as James put it. Uh, one of the more practical ways that we try to encourage that here at this church is before every service, um, we encourage everyone to take a moment of silent reflection to go before the Lord in prayer, asking him to remove distractions, to help us to hear and understand uh, his word, um, and to believe it. Um, but that's not the only way that we can do that. So even this morning at 8.30, um, there were several folks gathered this morning to, to pray for various aspects of this morning service, to pray for the people of this church. Um, but even beyond that, this is something that you could even incorporate in your own personal prayer life, day or night before, or even throughout the week, just be praying that as we anticipate being here together with God's people to hear from his word, that the Lord would use that opportunity to grow us and that we would receive his word and believe it. Uh, another way that we can prepare for that is to read the passage ahead of time. Um, for our church, our preaching calendar is, is published. So we have a Google calendar that you could subscribe to and you can get notifications of you know, when service is about to start. Um, but you can look at that and see what, what we're going to be preaching on. We send that out in advance through newsletters. Um, and then you can read ahead and, and, and understand what it is that we're going to be talking about that morning. Um, you can read it with your family or friends. Uh, maybe use it as an opportunity for family worship uh, as you gather with your family throughout the week. Maybe use that passage to kind of stoke the, the fires um, of, of affection for the Lord. Um, but reading uh, and familiarizing yourself with the passage ahead of time is an excellent way to prepare yourself to hear when you gather with God's people. 
And so those, those are not the only ways that we hear from God's Word, just, you know, preaching and teaching. There are other ways, I'm sure, that we have heard from God's Word. And so what I thought would be really helpful for us to do is um, let's break up into some groups. Uh, we're going to take about five minutes to kind of talk about ways that you have been encouraged or different, different ways that you've heard from God's Word or maybe, maybe disciplines and practices you have in your own life uh, for, for, for hearing from God's Word. And then we'll come back together in about five minutes and, and we'll kind of go around the room and share some of those. So groups of like five or six and then, uh, and then we'll come back. So go ahead and do that. Uh, one, one more minute, and then we'll come back together.
All right, everybody, let's uh, let's kind of come back together. I hear lots of great ideas. All right. So, so what I'd like to do, so what I'd like to do is we're gonna we're gonna just kind of start at the front and kind of work our way back. And uh, if you could just just maybe find one thing that your group talked about um, that that helps you to hear from God's word, um, whether that's a practice or a, something that you do to prepare, uh, how, whatever you guys decided on. Um, and if we if we mention something that you folks in the back um, have already, like you're like oh that was my thing don't worry about that you can repeat it it's cool. Um, so we'll start with this group up here. What do you got? Um, we mentioned a couple things. Um, one thing we mentioned is like even coming to Sunday school is helpful to like prepare for the hearing of the word later. Mm. Uh, how, actual how is that helpful? Um, because it, I mean, it gives you time to detach from like the distractions. Even it gives you like an extended time to kind of uh, focus on the word. And by the time you're in the sermon, you're already kind of thinking about the word and more mm. on it, so we found that helpful. Amen. Well, that's great. Awesome. Um, so coming coming to a, a Sunday school class ahead of time helps you to kind of get you in the in the groove, as it were, as you prepare to hear from God's word. What about the group back here? We, said, we had a focus on technology, actually. Um, we and a few people did a, a study on WhatsApp where every, I think, Friday we would um, read the passage for the Sunday sermon Okay, so leveraging technology to discuss the passage ahead of time with folks. That's great. That's great. Um, it's interesting that you cited technology as a help, because later on in this class, you may not like what I have to say. All right. Um, um, how about this group over here? Okay. Awesome. Podcast, Bible studies is great. Um, how about the robot? Were you guys kind of all together or is it more, more groups back here? Okay. What do you got? So we, we, we were talking about sort of how to be kind of in God's word be prepared during the week a bit more so that they're kind of more attuned to various things. So how about setting aside specific times and using sort of disciplines to uh, even hear you know, the, the BSB Bible app kind of read back to you what you've been sort of studying in here yeah. five times in the sense of reading and then hearing and sort of how that kind of drives. Amen. And being disciplined about that time, we talked a lot about how do you, how do you make sure you preserve that time, even though there's lots of other things in life that you may want to do that's above and beyond just giving your traditional kind of quiet time. Amen. Yeah, we're actually going to touch on that here in just a few minutes. It's good. Um, row behind you, Tim so, or Otavio? Yeah. About, uh, essentially, an attitude that you go through before. So I'm going before wanting to hear from God, reminding myself that this is uh, divine. Mm. God is going to tell me something and that my heart has to be prepared to receive then he mentioned some of the uh, things he was reading on Tim Keller in terms of once again like posture and disposition as you uh, go before you go to the line yeah Absolutely. So, an attitude and a posture, and getting that right before you before you get there. That's 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 awesome. Um, it's a good good one. Uh, Becky, your your guys' group. Yeah, yeah. Reading different translations. There you go. 
Yeah, audio. That's good. Drew, what you got? Yeah, absolutely. Redeeming the time we were in the car, listen to something edifying. That's great. That's great. Uh, Micah, your group back there? Uh, we talked about the way you can listen to sermons, sermons from like old dead guys or just whoever. We call them old tribe. They supplements to your daily intake or weekly intake for your congregation. Amen. I mean, that's good. Andrew, are you in the same group? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, how about up here? I'm going to point at Justin because you're on the front row. Sure. Yeah. Um, we talked about there. There's some like musical groups that just sing scripture, like the word straight. So like the corner room is one of them. Yep. So that's just a helpful way to get it in your mind and in your heart. Hey man, so listening to scripture being being sung to you—that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Kevin, same group. Are you, are you guys together? Okay. Jeff, how about you guys? Yeah. Amen. That's good. What you got? We talked about our, we're going through Proverbs oh. with my kids and having our kids read to us, just hearing it from them and getting their thoughts has been very edifying. So students in the room, you heard that here, that hearing you read scripture to your parents is edifying. So I encourage you to do that all the time. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, speaking the word to one another, that's great. Russell, do you have something else? Yes, yeah, so for our group, um, to prepare for the word, if you listen to podcasts, audio, I'm old school, I like to read about the other pages. I'm in discern the word after you go through the sermon. I'm yep. to discern and go back on the YouTube and figure out exactly what they, um, what care of what we preach and to discern what, look at the word, and then we go to the Bible and see and reference it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. Thank you. Sayla, your guys' group? Amen. That's good. So getting together as a family and worship, that's awesome. Um, group to behind you guys, what do you guys got? Amen. No, that's good. Redeeming the time. We have, we have so many pockets of time, I think, that we don't think to use, and I think it's a great way to, to do that. Um, kind of jump to the back. Joseph, your guys' group, what do you got? I love that. Yeah. Amen. I like that power of positive peer pressure. That's uh, it's very alliterative, very Baptist. So appreciate that. That's good. Amen. Um, 
Let's do one more. Uh, Dennis, what you guys have? Yeah, yeah. I would say offer another aspect is availing of, of multiple sources. Um, we kind of looked and said like how God often uses multiple things and, and they're harmonized to, to, to speak into a certain uh, matter of your heart that maybe you're struggling with or just kind of speak, whether it's you know coming from equipping hour to going to sing some of the, the you know, preparation uh, songs uh, tying into the sermon. So there's just how God orchestrates all those means. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, seeing how all that works together is so encouraging. Amen. Well, there's probably a hundred more things that we could talk about. Um, And one of the things that I encourage you to do is to, as you think of things that are helpful to you, share them with one another. Um, One of the things that we don't lack for uh, in this church is just folks folks like to talk to one another. And that's great, you know, getting together in fellowship and community. Um, Share these things with one another. I think this is is brilliant. So thank you for that. I've I've learned a few things myself. I'm going to put one out, one more out there. So, um, so Dish publishes a, uh, a music list. It's like a playlist on Spotify and Apple Music of what's going to be playing, uh, or playing, listen to me, what we are going to be participating in singing. I'm going to get fired here, y'all. Um, so, uh, but the, yeah, so the songs that we're going to sing on Sunday morning, that's published ahead of time. I encourage y'all to take a look at that. Um, and if you are really curious, there's a master playlist with every single song on there. So if you're ever curious of what, what you should be playing on your smart speaker at home when you're just kind of walking around the house, that's a great one to do. So um, my kids my kids know we do that occasionally. Yeah. Got to call you out. You're here. So love you, man. Um, all right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is reading God's word. Okay. So this should be uh, number three uh, or Roman numeral number three on your, on your outline, reading God's word. So I'm going to talk real quick about some studies um, that um, I, I looked at online. Um, there's various studies about Bible reading um, that you can find throughout the last 10 years um, or more than 10 years. So in 1989, the Princeton Religious Research Group conducted a poll that showed that 11% of Americans read their Bibles every day. 11% of Americans read their Bible every day. Now, I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty of all these different studies. There's lots of different data points that you could point to, but suffice to say that was the conclusion that they came to is that 11% of Americans read their Bible every day. Uh, Pew Research Group published a study in 2014 that said that 63% of evangelical Protestants read their Bibles at least once per week. That was in 2014. So we went from 11% every day to 63% at least once a week. Uh, But again, they're looking at different groups. Um, And then a LifeWay study in 2019 showed that 32% of Protestants surveyed read their Bible every day. And so as you can see, these numbers are kind of all over the place. But the reality is... There's no study out there that shows that Christians are reading their Bible every single day. And so, um, as we consider, you know, what it means to be Christians and, and where, like, we, we're the people of the book, right? God's Word, right here, this book contains everything we need for life and godliness. Um, Jesus said that, that we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we have this preserved for us right here. Why aren't we reading it more? Right? So we're not going to do a, a survey in this room. I don't, I don't want to do that because that's like super public. Um, but if you know what your own personal Bible reading habits are, you know what they are. Um, and if you know that you're not reading very often, you, you know, that, that's, that's, that's something to, to kind of take into mind. Um, but one of the things I thought I would do a survey on is um, 
just Bibles. If you own more than one Bible in your home, raise your hand. If you got a Bible in your house, there's more than one of them. Raise your hand. All right. If you got more than five, keep your hand up. This is going to get interesting. If you have more than ten Bibles in your house, keep your hand up. If you have cases and cases of Bibles because you like to just hand them out, <laughs> maybe that's whose hands are still raised, right? So many of us not only have one Bible, we have many Bibles, we have many opportunities. And so as we think about this discipline of reading God's Word, at the very least, it requires a copy of God's Word. Um, and so what I thought we'd do is kind of look through some practical suggestions for how to, um, to better engage in this discipline of reading God's Word. So the first thing that we're going to look at here, point A, is find, or, or better yet, schedule the time. Um, another quick survey, how many of you are busy? <laughs> is anybody not busy? I'd love to talk to you if that is you, right? We're all busy. We're all very, very busy. Um, but, you know, cultivating the discipline of Bible reading doesn't just happen, okay? It's purposeful. Um, so one of the most practical and purposeful ways that you can help your Bible reading is to schedule the time for it. Busyness will always be a thing. Things will always try to creep into your life. Um, and if you allow it, you know, Bible reading will, will, will kind of fall off of your priorities when, when you know, urgent things come to you. Um, but when it comes to Bible reading, you, you have to go on the offensive and guard the time for this essential practice. So last week, Ben talked about, um, you know, he called attention to different times of day wherein our spiritual disciplines could be practiced. Um, two passages of scripture that come to mind were Mark one thirty five, where it talks about how Jesus got up very early in the morning and went away to a desolate place so that he could pray. Like he set aside that time so that he could talk to the Father. Um, the psalmist in, in Psalm um, 63, uh, David writes in 63, 5 and 6, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. And so clearly that, you know, meditation on God's word and meditating on his goodness is, is a spiritual discipline. And so certainly there are, there's evidence in scripture where this could be done in the morning or the evening, but the reality is we just got to set aside some time to do it, right? It takes effort, and we have to guard that jealously. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 9 would talk about, you know, you can kind of engage in the spiritual disciplines throughout the normal rhythms of life, whether you sit in your house, walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Um, but regardless of when you do engage in your Bible reading, be proactive and schedule the time. Um, Another thing that, you know, as I was preparing for this, uh, that I noticed is that many Christians have never read through the entire Bible. So I'm going to give some stats here real quick. Um, recordings, like uh, recorded readings of the scripture, have shown that you can read through the entire book in 71 hours. Now, I know none of us are going to stay up all 71 hours to read through God's word, but the reality is, is that you could, in 71 hours, read through the entire Bible. Um, I, you know, I remember the first time I saw a one-year Bible reading plan, I thought to myself that it was extremely absurd to be able to get through this entire book in a year. Uh, I don't know why I thought that. This stat clearly uh, blows that away, right? Um, but it can actually be done in less time than most Americans spend watching television um, in a month. Um, that's not to shame anybody, right? I see some looks out there. Folks are like, no, nah, I feel shamed. I'm sorry. Um, but the reality is, is it, you can actually read through the entire the entire Bible, and, and it doesn't take as much time as you think uh, that it might. Um, if you allocate as little as 15 minutes a day, you can finish the entire Bible in less than a year's time. 
Um, those should be encouraging things to you. If you have 15 minutes, um, you can spend reading God's Word. If you've got more, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, and just just plow through. Um, you will get through the entire Bible. Um, and just a quick aside, um, some, some Christians, I, 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 don't, I have not experienced this here, but there, I've been in conversations with, with believers who would say, um, you know, do we really need all the, all of the scriptures, you know? Um, is everything necessary? Can't we learn everything we need to know by reading the Gospels? I've heard that before. Um, or the letters of Paul or the Psalms. Do we really need Leviticus and all of the hard-to-understand prophets? And um, as you go through your Bible reading plans, you may be tempted to speed through genealogies and lists of names. Um, and you might ask the question, like, what do these things have to do with me following Jesus? Well, the reality is that every, uh, every, uh, like all of scripture is breathed out by God. So all of it, the whole of it. And so all of it is important for us to take in. Um, yeah, and, and if God's word is a special revelation to us, then reading through the entire book helps us to know him and his character and his goodness all the more. Um, so for example, if you can imagine having a conversation with a friend uh, maybe somebody you've known for a very long time, uh, and they reveal something to you or they tell you something about their past that you never knew, right? And it's, it's kind of shocking. It catches you off guard, but it gives you a different glimpse of who that person is. Well, in the same way, as we read more of God's word, as we begin to read all of it, we get to see all of who God intends for us to see him as. Um, so it's important that we, we engage in that. And so just a challenge to everyone here in the room, if you've never read through the entire Bible, I would encourage you to, uh, to make that a goal in the near future, um, to go ahead and do that and trust that the Lord will use it um, for your good and his glory. Um, the, the last thing I'll say about you know, scheduling and guarding a time is make sure you schedule a time during the day when you're most likely to be alert and able to retain and recall what you've read. Um, how many of you have decided right before bed is when I'm going to read the Bible? Show of hands, that's when you like to do that. No shame, y'all. No shame. Come on. How many of you have fallen asleep while reading the Bible? There we go. There we go. Or maybe, maybe you're like, I'm going to get up at the crack of dawn, right? I'm going to be like a Puritan. I'm going to be up at 3 a.m. and we're going to hit this Bible hard. And you get like five minutes into it and, and you're back to sleep, right? It's important to, to make sure that you're going to be alert and able to retain and recall uh, that you're not going not gonna to pass out. That's not to say that there are never good times to do that. I'm just saying it would be most helpful for you to do that. Aim for a time when you know you'll be alert and distractions are minimal. Um, let me touch on distractions for a second. So Anthony, you said technology is a help, right? All right. So this is, this is where Josh makes a plug for a legit printed bound copy of God's word and hear, hear, hear this and just consider right this is I'm not I'm, this is I'm not trying to lay out legalistic things for you to do that you know reading a digital Bible is not real um, it is it's, it's, it's God's word um, but in this day and age where our technology is increasingly connected to things that are trying to distract us and pull our attention to something else I would encourage us to to not only schedule a time in a place where we can engage in Bible reading regularly, but in a place and a time where we have very few distractions. Um, I find it extremely discouraging to try and read God's Word on a digital device and everything is just like popping up, you know. I mean, it could be anything from an email to the ring doorbell saw somebody walk by and I'm like, oh, who is that in my neighborhood? Now I need to go figure this out. Do I need to chase somebody down the street? What's happening? Um, I mean, those, <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys, that's where my mind goes, right? Um, but 
Um, I'm never going to get a notification while I read this, right? I'm never going to get a notification. Nothing's going to pop up on the top of the page that wasn't printed there by the printer. So that is just my encouragement to you to give that a considerable thought. I'm not saying you have to. Um, and leather-bound Bibles smell better than your phone. So um, that's, that's the last I'll say on that. Okay, all right. B, let's look at um, point B. Make a plan. Um, so seldom does Bible roulette yield deep insights into the God of the universe. Is it possible? Yes, you could just crack your Bible open and the Lord can use that to speak to you and encourage you and help you to grow in godliness. But the reality is if we approach our Bible reading without a plan of some sort, um, it's, it's going to be just kind of whatever we, whatever we flip open to. And so um, one of the things that I'll, that I'll point out here is uh, if, if you're curious about where you might find a Bible reading plan, typically around you know, late November, early December, uh, the internet begins to come alive with with blog posts of where you can find good reading plans, um, several uh, faithful online ministries uh, will publish those. Crossway publishes those uh, online. Crossway is a Bible publisher and book publisher. Um, I know Ligonier publishes several. Desiring God published some. Uh, the Gospel Coalition publishes some. Um, some of the Bible reading plans you might be familiar with, the McShane reading plan. Um, how many of you have read through the McShane reading plan? There we go. We've got a few out there. Um, I've been helped by that in, in years past. Um, I read a book uh, several years ago called Read the Bible for Life by David Guthrie. Great book. Um, he publishes a chronological Bible reading plan. So if you've never read through the Bible chronologically, um, that is a, um, that's an option. I think that can be very edifying for you. Um, but if you're ever just like, I, where do I begin? What, what kind of a plan do I use? Um, ask around. Um, I know many of us have used different plans. We'd be happy to share those with you. Email the church. One of the things <laughs> toward the end of the year is you'll see that. Um, so in our email distro list, folks will be like, hey, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. Here's the plan I'm going to use. Who wants to do that with me? Um, and so just we'll talk about, you know, accountability. Um, I think it comes in a later, later lesson, but accountability is a huge tool in helping us to stay diligent in our Bible reading. So reading the Bible together with other people. Um, is a good thing to do. Um, and because Jason is here, and we're going to embarrass him to death, um, he published, I, can't, I don't know the name of your Bible reading plan. It's, it's really awesome, uh, the name, uh, but the plan is even better. So I, I've been incredibly helped by Jason's Bible reading plan. Um, so you have copies of that available if folks want that? I do. The okay. name. Say it. The, the alternating chrono-harmonic ecclesiological Bible reading plan. There it is. <laughs> I, yep. Amen. Y'all, so I, I'll just be honest. So Jason said, you've done a great job with that. I think one of the things that I've been extremely helped with is the way that the plan is laid out. The gospels are, you know, you kind of read along the synoptic gospels. You'll see all the different passages that are related together. Um, that gives us a, a really rich understanding of what's happening in that moment rather than reading through all of Mark and then all of Luke and all of Matthew. And you're like, hey, there's different details in here. You kind of read that all together. Um, recently, uh, Life of Solomon kind of interspersed with Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Um, that kind of stuff, the way you put that together is extremely, extremely helpful. So um, just want to get a plug for, for Jason's plan. It's been incredibly helpful. So um, all of those plans are good and edifying um, and, can, and, can, and can help you. And so if you've got any questions about any of those, happy to, happy to point you in good, good directions. And the last thing that um, we'll talk about is, uh, is just meditate on something. Um, if, I could have, if I could have a 
few readers uh, turn to Psalm 119. We're not going to read all of Psalm 119. We just don't have that kind of time this morning. Actually, we're running out of all the time this morning. If somebody could read Psalm 119.15. Um, that would be helpful. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. One of the things that can help make our Bible reading more effective is if we identify something in what we've read that day to meditate on, to linger on, to ask questions about. Why, why did... Why did God, through the Holy Spirit, have this author write this thing for me to read in this moment? Um, What am I to learn about God and his character through what I've just read? How can I apply this? How does this make me love others more? How does this make me love the Lord more? How does this make me see God as the one who is my refuge? There are a number of other questions that we could ask, but just taking something from your Bible reading and, and lingering over it, um, is, is extremely helpful in helping to, to maximize that, that time that you spend in God's Word. Um, and so that's, that's reading God's Word. Um, I, am, I apologize, I am running short on time, so I want to get to studying God's Word. Um, so um, if you turn to, or if you keep going, um, number, number four, uh, Roman number number four, studying God's Word. This is the deepest and most focused aspect of Bible intake. So we, hearing God's Word, right, we get to hear it, um, Reading God's Word involves a little more effort, right? So you're engaging God's Word through reading it. Um, studying God's Word is going to be um, where you're going to want to focus and go more deeply. Um, so I thought it'd be helpful to kind of look at a few examples from Scripture um, to talk about the, the value and the necessity of, of Bible study. Uh, and I'll read these just for sake of time. Um, so Ezra 7.10 um, tells us that for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And so um, in that first 10 chapters of, or first 10 verses of that chapter um, talk about how the scribe Ezra left Babylon and went to Jerusalem where people were beginning to return. Um, and it gives a bit of insight into, into what he did as the scribe in, in Jerusalem. So first he set his heart to study the law of the Lord. Um, you know, he was well-educated in, in God's law, and yet he still set aside time to study. So let that be uh, uh, an encouragement to us that though we may know God's word very well, um, again, it is inexhaustible, and we ought to dedicate time and um, engage study. Um, we never arrive, as it were. Second, he began to do it. So not only was Ezra studying um, uh, but he, just to learn things, but he, he studied to to do something about it. He began to read God's law, study God's law, and to do what it says. And so his study was primarily aimed at the target of um, his own growth in godliness. He studied for himself. And then he began to teach others what he learned. And so the study of God's word equips us to better equip one another. Right? So the, the, you know, um, yeah, so Ephesians 4.12 tells us the Lord gives us the gift of teachers, pastors, evangelists, shepherds, apostles, um, in order that they may equip the saints for the work of the ministry and certainly sharing God's word with one another, helping one another to follow God uh, more closely through the study of his word is part of that ministry. Right? And so we, we, we study God's word to grow in, in godliness. And then we also study God's word to know its sustaining power. Okay, uh, 2 Timothy 4.13 tells us that um, this, is, this is Paul. He's in prison. He's writing a letter uh, to Timothy, and he gives him some instructions toward the end. He says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, 
and also the books and above all the parchments. All right, so here it is. This is Paul's last letter that he wrote. Um, he is he's on his way out. Um, he knows that death is imminent, and yet he is asking for some things to be sent to him first. He asked for a cloak, which is an article of clothing that would have surely kept him warm. Roman prison wasn't exactly a comfortable spot, and so he was asking for something to, to warm him physically and to comfort him physically. But not only that, um, he asked for the books and the parchments, which would most certainly contain portions of scripture. And so in Paul's distress, he counted God's word as a great comfort, something that he was eager to receive and to have. Um, and so it gave him a reminder of hope and encouragement in his suffering. Um, and so let that be an encouragement to us that God's word um, is, is helpful in, in sustaining us. Um, yeah, he understood that, that you know, God's word had a sustaining nature, and, and toward the end of his life, he wanted that, he desired that. Um, but that's not all. We also study God's word to discern truth. Um, Acts 17, 11 uh, tells us um, this. It says, now the Jews were more noble than, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And so, um, you know, Luke, the author of Acts, is writing this, this letter. He's, he's, he's drawing this, this distinction between the Jews in Thessalonica, where Paul and Silas were just, uh, were just at, and the Jews in Berea. And, and the difference there is that as they, as they kind of did their pattern, they went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, reasoned with people from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ, these Jews heard and received that word, and then they compared that and searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were true. Okay, and so it, it, you know, scripture records us to their credit, uh, accords to them uh, nobility um, as they applied themselves to study God's word and discern truth. And so it's, it's important for us to see that the study of God's word helps us to discern truth from lies. Um, and there is great value in it. So just a, a few practical um, applications for studying God's word, some things I think would be really helpful for us to engage in. Um, what's the difference between reading God's word and studying God's word? Well, one of them typically involves some paper and pencil, right? So you can just begin there. Uh, when reading, keep a, a, a pen and paper handy or, to Anthony's point, some technology, potentially, if you aren't distracted, right? You can keep a, a Google Doc open or Apple Notes or whatever you do. Um, and just jot some things down that stand out to you. And these could be questions or insights um, that the Lord reveals to you. Um, if your copy of God's Word has cross-references, as you're reading through a passage, you're studying a passage, look at those cross-references. Where do they send you elsewhere in Scripture? Go read um, and see how they relate to what you're reading. Um, also, if your Bible has a concordance in the back, um, how do you know what a concordance is? Anybody? Who does not know what a concordance is? It's okay. You can raise your hand. All right. So concordance. Um, some Bibles have a little, little bit in the back. You can actually buy a concordance. You can buy exhaustive concordances. But in the back, it'll have words and where those words appear in uh, scriptures and with scripture references there. So maybe there's a particular word that stood out to you and you want to see where else that word is used in scripture. Um, Looking through the concordance will point you to other places. You get to see how the biblical authors use that word and maybe help inform how you understand the passage that you were reading. So that's helpful. Um, another thing you can do is consider outlining a book of the Bible. You can start with a short one and just kind of go um, look at the different natural breaks in the argument, break it up into sections, create your outline. What are the main points of those sections? Um, it help you to understand the flow um, and the arguments. Um, and maybe understand the author's intent and the message a little bit better. 
Um, and the last thing I'll say is consider also researching the history uh, surrounding when the book was written in order to help provide some, some local context that sometimes that's helpful, um, especially reading through uh, the, the New Testament. Um, a lot of that was written in the, the, well, all of it was written in the first century, right? So first century Palestine, what was it like there? Um, some of the things that are referenced, the places, the people, um, who are these people? Are they, are they real? Did, these pe- did they make them up? No, they didn't make them up. They're totally real. You can look them up. Um, but doing a little bit of research there can also help, um, help you to understand uh, what it is that you're reading. So those are just a few, um, a few uh, ways to help study. Uh, initially, I, w- I was wanting to, to get some feedback from you all, but we are super short on time. We're way over time. And so what I will do is I will, I will close um, in prayer. Um, again, we're going to talk a little bit more about Bible intake next week. Uh, we're going to talk about meditation and memorization. If anybody's got any questions about anything or maybe some suggestions you think would have been more helpful for this lesson, so if we ever teach it again, come talk to me. I'm um, happy to hear that, but I'm going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we, um, yeah, that we're able to read it, that we're able to have it, um, we're able to preach it openly. Lord, we thank you that we're able to gather together this morning um, to collectively engage your word and the truths contained therein. Lord, we pray that um, as we continue to do that this morning, as we go from this place to our main worship service, as we begin to sing and pray and hear the word preached, hear the word read aloud and engaging in the ordinances. Father, we pray that all of these things together collectively would help us to behold your glory all the more, that we would, um, that we would never lose the awe of the gospel that we have, um, that we would, um, yeah, that we would desire all the more to walk in holiness, um, to love you, to praise you as you are worthy. We pray that you would be uh, glorified in us this morning. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.